I want you to beat down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Yeah, that was really dumb, but I mean, I'm sure all of you guys stayed up really late last night because it was Super Tuesday and you wanted to see who the votes are in for. I'm sure your candidate is winning because they're the best candidate in America. Unless it's a Marxist or a socialist. The, unle- at that point in time, you're the worst. You know what? I, no, it doesn't matter. I'm sure your candidate is better than every other candidate. I'm sure every other candidate is a complete idiot. And your candidate is the one who knows how to fix America. I'll bet that's the case. So I'm sure you didn't get very much sleep last night because of mm. Super Tuesday. Um, anyways, I just wanted to make a reference to that because I didn't know what else to do. Super Tuesday. That's yeah. fancy. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the way that this time warp thing works for today's episode is weird because we're actually recording this on President's Day, which, yeah. you know, that was a couple weeks ago. But that's just how this works out today. But, you know, the scheduling and all that, being an adult, having things to do. But uh, that's, that's how the cookie crumbles here today. So that was my horrible Uncle Sam impression. Um, I don't know how to segue into that. How you doing, Nate? I'm, I'm <laughs> that's okay. my segue. It was, it, was not, it was not absolutely horrible. I mean... I, I don't know if I've ever actually heard Uncle Sam. So yeah, that, I kind of That figured. could be like a reasonable facsimile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm okay, man. Uh, you know, uh, due to the mystical time tripping that we mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are time lords or something. We have, we have dipped into the Henshin Dad's TARDIS and done some temporal tomfoolery. Yep. Was that the Scooby Doo there? Oh, I, I was thinking. That. I was actually thinking of um, Wayne's World. Oh, I was thinking Wayne's, Wayne's World, World. Wayne's World, but, uh, party time! Excellent. <laughs> yes, that's. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Spew, spew in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, um, no, things are good. Uh, it's just been. Uh, it's it's kind of a cool week for me, which yep, yeah. Uh, so I have today off, federal holiday. It's President's Day when mm-hmm. you and I are recording this intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, uh, yep. it's all me. I'm an idiot. Stop. It's all that. my fault. Stop that. It's not your fault. It's it. You know, it'll be it's, fine. It's, it's it's definitely my fault. But you're just gonna miss out on a really sweet uh, talk. I know uh, I'm super excited for it too. So I will I will wait with bated breath. Um I'm going like now he's not like the thing is okay so this episode if everything works out the way it's supposed to Bo York from the Country Squire Radio is going to be I'm going to be interviewing him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of you know aforementioned scheduling conflict Josh and wasn't able to join won't be able to join in. Nope. Whatever the things the time Sorry time hijinks yeah um so it's just gonna be me uh but i was going to like he's not the tobacco ex- expert as much okay. as uh john david is the other guy that does the country squire radio podcast mm-hmm. yeah JD. john david yeah jd own or well, uh, operates the country squire and he's like a blending genius but i yeah. am going to try to get Bo to pair some tobaccos with video games mm. or at least i'm going to maybe like say like hey uh next time you guys are on the country squire like can you do me a solid 
and like just tell me like get JD I love to it. pair some tobaccos with different video games. Uh, just to see, you know, just just for giggles. Uh, so probably the Red Dead blend is going to be like super strong, and it's like you smoke it once and it's on you all week. It's it's like, <laughs> it, you smell like cactuses and yeah. dead coyotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry. That's the first one that came to mind. I don't. I don't know. No, what does I, the bloodborne tobacco smell like? Uh, I don't uh, even want to know. Actually, never mind. Let, forget that I even said that. <laughs> um, but I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so that should be. It, it should definitely be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, he it, it it's super cool. I reached out to him, and he was like, "Yeah, sounds fun." So looking forward to that. But um. Yeah. I, other than that, I mean, but so today's President's Day. I work all of three days this week. Oh man, that is <laughs> I, awesome. I work tomorrow. I work Wednesday, and I work Thursday. Now those three okay. days are probably going to be bears. Yeah. But uh, you know, at the same time, it's super cool. Uh, I'll have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and uh, yeah. So sweet, nice. It just makes for a long week. But uh, how are you, man? Right. Uh, you are in. For the listeners who mm-hmm. can't see this because, you know, it's an audio podcast, of course not. you are in a different location. You are not I am. recording live from Broccolo Central. No. You are recording from somewhere else. Where are you recording from? I'm at my office in the church, actually, um, just because if I were at home, there would be children in the background. And so it's a lot easier <laughs> to shut my door, lock it. And just record here. So you might see people walking past the door. I have. Me. I have noticed people. There you go. Have there been people like peeking in or anything? No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't <laughs> see any of that, but I have seen like silhouettes walking past the door. There you go. So it's nice and creepy. No, uh, yeah, I'm just, at, I'm at work and decided to try and get this thing, try, try and see if I could get it working on the work computer. And it seems to be going just fine. So that's pretty cool. Um, Sweet. I'm sure it might sound a little different cause I'm using a different microphone also, but, uh, I don't know. I did that for the last episode too. And I don't know that there's that much of a difference anyways, doesn't really matter. He's like the, the quick look behind the shoulder. Like, I heard someone talking out there, but th- that's okay. Um, um I don't think you know what talking you- to me. And you know what? I was just while we've got this part that you'll probably have to edit out, anyways. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably just wrap. Well, we we'll just close the wrap out, the wrap up. Mm-hmm. I'll do I'll do a bit of a wrap up with Bo mm-hmm. too, and then but like, or maybe you can just tag on the stinger from the bite size or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll figure that out. I think it'd be fun if we're just like, man, that was such a good conversation. <laughs> oh man, my favorite part was when he talked to you know something like that. He talked about like, this. Anyways, thing. Uh, this... if you want to talk to us, you know, and then go through, I think that'd be that, hilarious. That is fun. <laughs> that is fun. Uh, I like that, Joshua. I, I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. Nice, nice. Um, All but, right, but yes, so, I'm I'm here at work. Obviously, no video games here. Uh, and actually, you know, as we kind of get into the backlog report uh there's not very many video games there either uh it has been so you work for a church but why aren't you playing video games like people who work at churches i mean all you guys do is sit around yeah i mean i mostly just work on sunday so i kind of yeah most uh, the rest of the week (laughs) i just kind of sit here and so lots of you know that's why i love my nintendo switch 
because I can take uh, it with me and just sit at my desk and play Switch all day dude, long. Just to sort of, uh, as a brief aside, uh, for anybody who couldn't catch the layers upon layers of sarcasm <laughs> that I loaded into that statement, uh, the only reason I said that is... Uh, uh, we were actually off mics. We were having a bit of a conversation about like the demands of ministry. Uh, I'm about a week and cha- uh, like a week and a day into my official diaconal obligation duty stuff. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. been a week since I was ordained, and already it's just like I've noticed that like you know my time constraints have just like been like yeah. <laughs> it's just like um and it's not 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 a bad thing at all right i mean it, it's been good um but at the same time it is definitely very uh different uh and mm-hmm. it's just like you know it is funny when we were sort of just commenting on how like people a lot of times just sort of especially now that i've sort of seen sort of you know I, i've gone down the rabbit hole i've i'm peered into the looking glass, whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm sort of seeing the other side of things and man, uh, I'm just going to be saying this straight up, like be praying for your pastors, be praying for yeah. your elders, be praying for your deacons, uh, because if they're doing the hard work of shepherding and caring for the souls and, and the needs of the people in your church, they are exposed to just some serious heartache. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, you know, if we're being honest, like we all have a tremendous amount of sin in our lives, even though, you know, that whole simul justus et peccator thing, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, dude, like, you know, it's so easy to become insulated in that perspective and be like, well, everybody else, you just kind of assume that everybody else is like, yeah, they've got sin, but they're probably not as crummy as I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I'm just gonna let you know that like sort of seeing some of that firsthand man and just it's it's tough uh, yeah. i mean i'm a week in and it's sort of like uh it it it, it it's been good it's mm-hmm. been good uh but at the same time like it gets uh, heavy it gets heavy quick yeah, yeah. it gets heavy yeah. quick so for sure dude um uh. but that being said didn't mean to you got me monologuing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. No. And and that is. I mean, I, I think I've said it on this podcast before. But always, it, when I meet someone new and I talk about what it is that I do for a living, um, the first question, you know, like I say, I work at a church. I do tech at a church, and I like. I get it. I am very privileged to be able to to do this for a living. Like that that's pretty amazing it's you know i live in the year 2020 where this is actually possible and at a church that that makes it actually possible to do this you know and provide for my family like i totally get that is not uh, a very common thing so i get it on the one hand on the other hand um the next question is always oh is that is that a full-time thing like what, what do you do outside of Sundays kind of a thing or like, Oh, I, I didn't realize you meant that as a career. I, you know, like later on they'll ask me like, Oh, what, you know, so how do you make money? You know, basically ask me, how do you provide for your family? I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I, I work. I just church. live oh. off the kindness of strangers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I get it, but it's just funny. It, it is kind of like a little inside joke of just like, yeah, that's what people are going to ask. And I, and I get it. I get it. It's just funny. Um, yeah, but anyways, yeah, a lot of that uh, adulting, 
uh, happening over the past few weeks. So uh, do, do you might you want to just roll into the backlog report? I mean, we we might as well. Uh, I don't, you know, similar to you, I don't have a ton of stuff to dip into, but uh, I do have a particular topic that is mm-hmm. substantial. It is quite meaty. I'm, it is I'm almost as meaty it. as the topic that it's well it's almost as meaty as the topic subject mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I i beat persona five folks yes and i have a lot of thoughts uh-huh well let's let's go ahead and roll right into it i've 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 got mine here so let me see if i got i dragged it up to the church with me and got my entire report printed out for anyone who wants a copy I can the send you old the memo. school, the old school printer paper, Facts like with the green and green and white lines. Oh, and geez, it's like that the, is, yeah, yeah. With the, it's got the holes in the sides, and you kind of rip off yes. the sides that are perforated. Yes, and it's you could hear best. those things from like across the street. Yeah, I, I remember those. <laughs> I remember. This. So, sorry, we're dating ourselves here. Um, anyways, you beat Persona Five. I did. Uh, so thoughts? I guess I'm I'm starting off. Um, I, I mean, with a 5. teaser like that, you have to. Come on. I beat Persona 5. Uh, I topped out at somewhere like 121, 122 hours. Uh, now, granted, like we have to keep in mind that I do tend to be a slower gamer. Uh, mm-hmm. Just I tend to be a little obsessive. I tend to look for those opportunities to like min max or take advantage of the system. Mm-hmm. I look for those like the OP builds. And, um, so there was a lot of like, there was a lot of like, I would probably, when I was playing this, I I played this in like three waves. So there's, when I first got it, I dumped like 30, 20 to 30 hours in. Mm -hmm. Um, then I walked away for a little bit, came back to it, probably dumped another 30 to 40 hours in. So when I picked it back up this last go round and, and, you know, so this has been like a, a two year epic process, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but when I came back into it, I was sitting about 60 to 70 hours. And over the last couple months, I've, you know, on a lot of what, what would happen is like, I'd play a little bit in the evenings. Like I might play like a couple hours here or there, Yeah. but primarily it'd just be like, there'd be like, I'd have a day off and then it'd just be like, okay, just going to like try to take a big old chunk out of this thing. Yeah. And, uh, so I beat it and it's. Uh, like here's I, I put like a little mini review in the book club, but what mm-hmm. I will say is, if you like JRPGs, you should probably play this one. It is probably easily within the top ten, maybe even the top five greatest JRPGs of all time. Wow! And I'm I don't think it's necessarily because the story is the story's good. Story's like fun. It's weird. It's like got that Jungian sort of weird psychosis metaphysics stuff going Mm on um but then at the same time uh and so that's interesting it's sort of like you know it's neat i think it's a neat sort of template for the mechanics and and the the use of abilities and uh like the magic systems i i think i think it, it it works really well actually um and it's an interesting little peek because like behind all that, it's basically the sort of line there people is like uh, that young and that's J U N G young mm-hmm. uh, basically sort of made the argument. And, and Peterson is a bit of an act. Uh, Jordan Peterson today is a mm-hmm. sort of a bit of a Jordan, disciple. Jordan, Jordan, Peterson. Jordan, 
Jordan Peterson. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Germans. Like the Germans. Um, but uh, Peterson is a bit of an acolyte. And so mm-hmm. what they say is like their sort of approach to this is that these, these stories, these myths, they hold truths for humanity. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of an evolutionary device in order to communicate these, these truths so that we can flourish. That's sort of the basic mechanic behind that. So yeah. a lot of times you're dealing with like there's some Judeo-Christian stuff that pops up in there. But there's a lot of like you're dealing with like folklore um yeah. like so like goblins and different types of demons and then like um fairies show up like titania and oberon the king and queen of the 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 Seely courts mm-hmm. um uh let's see uh there's a lot of dipping into like the different pantheons so i didn't see any greek go- no that's not true narcissus was in there oh, yeah, and dionysus Dionysus was in in there, and Dionysus is the Greek god of wine and revelry and other things. Um, but uh, so there's a little, but it did like Thor. Thor was right. actually one of my favorite personas in this okay. game. Okay, nice. Yeah, he's, he's a good one. He's got a fantastic build in this one. He's he's a beast. I used him, yeah. and I I brought in some, and and so you have the persona summoning system, and I passed on a few traits when I summoned him. Yeah, that made him incredibly potent. Um, nice. So nice. I used him for a while, uh, and then you know, but you just, uh, I think the the summoning, the persona summoning system, has the ability to be the most insane. And it's not like quite like the class mechanics or the job systems from other games. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer like the job systems from the final fantasy tactics games okay. or that the, the final fantasy games that employ the job system or yeah. like the bravely default, bravely, bravely second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the persona system is it's, it's really good. Uh, the music is top notch in this game. Mm-hmm. Hands down. It's got just like one of the most enjoyable soundtracks. Although my wife cannot stand the, the music for the waiting room or the velvet room rather. Really? This weird, oh, this, there's this weird like, well, there's a weird like sort of opera solo. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah female yeah. singer. Uh-huh. And she would, she like, it was playing and she walks in, she's like, I cannot stand it. And then she started mocking it. Um, and, like <laughs> doing the, like the, the, you know? Yeah. Like, and so it, it, she's, she thinks she's funny. She amuses herself and sometimes she amuses me. Um, <laughs> and our patrons as well. And our patrons. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, so mechanically, I think the systems that they like, just like the combat and the way that works and the different damage types, it's, it can be a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, this is, this sort of rates as a should play. Or okay. even a must play, but with a heavy, heavy caveat. If you are not f- like sort of grounded in JRPGs, mm-hmm. avoid this game. Okay. Uh, like, do not make this your first JRPG. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't think it's necessarily because the game actually does a really good job of teaching you how to play it, mm-hmm. how to deal with everything. It's it's it sort of it holds your hand through just sort of learning to take advantage of the different systems. But I would say the the short version of this is that and get uh, short but the short version of this mm-hmm. is it's too long. Yeah. Um there's that that weird sort of like social dating teenage boy sim thing that you mm-hmm. do. Um 
that is it's part I mean it's part of the persona games like right, it's it's right. been part of them since the very beginning probably but it's just such a time consuming like and it and and some of that stuff is very important for the sake of narrative progression mm-hmm. but uh, the length of this game I mean like you're looking at 90 to 100 hours for a playthrough and that's if you're sort of punching through everything yeah it almost makes me wish that they would just have a like a like, hey, you're not really interested in sort of like doing all like the weird side questing, developing out all your social links, because that's where that that light the 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 day sim stuff takes place. Like mm-hmm. that's what that does. You're you're sort of making these decisions and you're developing these social links, and by developing these social links with people, you unlock sort of different passives, and you like if they're one of your teammates, you unlock different powers for them and abilities. Right, and that's fine. Um, but it, it can be just that one, it's very hard to keep track of all of that. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of little weird factors that can sort of like, and so all of that stuff can be very overwhelming. It's very time consuming. And frankly, it's the, the exhausting part of the game. I enjoyed it. I think it's fine and it's good. And, but at the same time, it also was really difficult. Like it, mm-hmm. that's what kept me up. So like when I came back this third time, so I started at about 60 hours. Like I said, I told you I ended at about 121, 122. So in the last couple of months, I've basically put in about two hours a day on average yeah. in this game. And wow. that's just too much. That's too, like that, that, that is too much game. Even at the 90 hour mark, um, I, I think that this game would be perfect if they could somehow figure out how to cram all of that into about a 60 to 70 hour time frame, because yeah. that's really where like, I just petered out. Like even towards the end of this playthrough, I really, really, I was enjoying the game. The last boss fight is pretty cool. It's nice. Really freaking epic. Like it's, but it's also, and, 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 and the full disclosure I like this game so much that even though I'm frustrated and I'm a little burned out and I'm a little fatigued on it. Just a little. Just a little bit. I turned around and I started a new game plus file <laughs> and put about an hour into it. Wow. Um, now, now, granted, that's just getting through all the like the expositional dump stuff at the f- and I'm skipping all the cinematics. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, so if I ever want to come back to it, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully... I don't do that, but I mean, this game also has me, I, I told you earlier, I'm really into, like, I'm really excited about Persona 5 Royal yeah. and I'm kind of hyped for Persona 5 Scramble. Uh, this mm-hmm. game is, it's, it's great. The, uh, art style is good. Mechanically, uh, the, the Persona summon is good. The way combat works is, is everything sort of hits on just a bunch of notes. The story is interesting. The story isn't like the strongest part. Okay. Um, it it really is developed. So the very same thing that I I think is kind of is in a way tedious and sort of takes away from the game that social development stuff. That's mm-hmm. one of the best parts of the game. It's just there's too much. Yeah, you have I think it's twelve or thirteen confidence. Okay, each one representing a different arcana, and like some of them are tied directly to story. And so like you're going to max out those confident ranks, right. like just by like progressing through the story but like all the daytime management stuff is just like it's exhausting yeah it's it and and so if i ever do play through vanilla persona 5 again it's going to be with a how do i optimize every one of these relationships 
because I, yeah. I have I have my my social stats are all maxed, and you get to carry that over. I have most okay. of the nice. the persona roster maxed out, so I can carry most like that over. Uh, I think I don't have to worry about equipment. I think you get to keep all your items. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that I don't have to worry about grinding for money or anything like that. It's just like it's just like oh well, I have equipment, yeah, like top notch equipment. Um, and even if I, I, I think maybe I could be wrong there, but so there's a part of me that's like, yeah, maybe I should do this thing. And then yeah. there's another part. It's like, that's insane. That's a crazy person talk. And if I, if I do go back, I think I'm probably, I, I, dem, I am definitely interested in persona five Royal, uh, mm-hmm. and persona five scramble, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pump the brakes on that for a little bit. Uh, I've got some, like I've been playing burnout paradise city nice because i was like what is the the complete opposite (laughs) thing like Mm -hmm. something that i can like i can get in i can race um and because like i got like the 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 ps4 collector's edition thing okay it comes with a bunch of cars already unlocked and so i just grabbed like one of the super high powered ones and i just rip around and smash into stuff yeah, because um, I'm really bad at racing. Um, <laughs> well, no, you're but just it, so burnt out on Persona Five that you wanted to play Burnout. I, I'm I'm playing a, a game on Burnout. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Burnout's fine. It's it's fun. It's I yeah. I really kind of like it's you know I I it sort of cropped up and I was like I really want to play an arcade racer and uh, Burnout Paradise City. It, it's it's got its problems, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also it's just kind of fun to like cruise around. And get new cars and find weird little paths and all all that stuff. Nice. Uh, That's cool. As, yeah. As far as reading goes, uh, I I had a like I I've read a few times. I, I've read some Anna Karenina, not a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only been a week. Uh, I I has it, yeah. It's only been a week since. Yeah. We, yep. Yes. With our time warp that we're in, it has been seven days since we recorded. Uh, Yes. Really? No. Yeah, and just I, to I, let all you listeners in on this, that episode still hasn't even dropped yet. But when we're recording this, so it's when we're recording, we're, it's, this, it yes. is a weird time warp. So that was we are, you know, two and a half weeks ago. We're in our time bubble. Uh, anyways, so yeah, by the time you guys listen to it, it'll be like two and a half weeks ago. Anyways, uh, my ESV readers, I've I I got caught up. I'm well, not caught up, but I'm like I've I've read. I managed to sit down and read uh, a few of the the because what i'm doing is a section from the pentateuch a section from poetry mm-hmm. a section from the gospels and acts yeah. so i've managed to read two or three of those sections each nice um nice i read a couple sections of from the the institute's reading plan uh and okay. then anna karenina a little bit i also picked up and i showed this to you earlier uh, this do more better by Tim Challies, and yes. I ordered another book on product uh, pro. Mm, they talk good uh, <laughs> productivity from uh, Westminster Theological Seminary. That I'll be talking about more once I get it. But this, uh, I really, I didn't know that this do more better was like it's short. Yes, it's like yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> and, and yeah, I I I appreciate that. It's like well, yeah. like a big beefy book about productivity, uh, kind of would be. A little contradict, you know, self contradictory. Yeah. Um, but uh, my quiet times, sort of, I've been keeping up with that. I mean, anybody? Sweet. Well, it's you. You and Paul are the only people on Habitica. Where are you at? Yeah. Where are you at, guys? Yeah. You're st- 
two more people who are supposed to be on Habiko with us. No, it's it's cool. Hey, we get it. Um, I just like to be a jerk sometimes. <laughs> um, but and then memorization is just kind of been like, eh, uh, this week has been sort of a, a bit of a a fail. Um, but Have- hey. You got to, you know, baby steps and you just got to get back on it. So like I said, I have today off. We still have a considerable chunk of time left in the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at some point I'm going to be carving out, uh, you know, at least 15, 20 minutes to sit down with the app and sort of go through everything and review, refresh. And then, yeah. Nice. So how how about you, man? Like what, like I sort of like. No, that, that's okay my... because I don't. I I really don't have very much because uh, it has only been oh. a week. Oh yeah, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like I did try to play Wonderful One Hundred One. Oh yeah, everybody. Yeah, I should probably tell this story. So at, right after, and I'm I didn't mean to interrupt, but it was no, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm a terrible co-host, Josh. I don't no, know why you it's put up okay. With me. I, it's it's very pertinent, especially to the podcast because you just released that episode on Wonderful One Hundred One. So you went to go so, play it because you own it and you hadn't played I it yet. So own it on Wii U and seeing this remake and knowing how Josh likes it and everything else. I was like, I do. I was like, I own this. Why have I not played this? So I finished Persona Five. Uh, the night I or no, yeah, the day I finished Persona Five, I'm like, Dang. I'm going to just like as a sort of like a victory lap. I'm going to yeah play something else. I'm just going to play like 15 to 20 minutes of something else. Yeah. I'm gonna turn off my PlayStation. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna play something else. Yeah, so, and that's a great one too because the the beginning of the game makes you feel so cool. Anyways, oh man, <laughs> now now I feel even worse. So I pull it out and I look at the disc and I'm like, ah, oh, there's some smudges. So I wipe it off, you know, and I power up the Wii U and I put it in and I get this little thing that says invalid disc. And so I pop it back out, wipe the disc off. I spent about 15, 20 minutes. I did the little like where you breathe on it and you mm-hmm, fog everything mm-hmm. up and then you real slowly. And then I did like the, I wipe from the inside and, and small yep. concentric circles sort of moving to the outside. And then I, I held it up against the light and I saw on the foil on the, oh, I think there, there might've been a couple of, uh, on that top layer, I think there might've been a couple holes in the foil. <sighs> and, uh, you know, the thing is I bought this thing a couple years ago. From GameStop, uh, I was like, well, let me see if they have another version um, or if they have another copy anywhere. Uh, they, they, it, was, it was actually completely unavailable to buy Wow! on the GameStop, a, f- a physical copy. You could mm-hmm. buy a digital copy for 30 bucks. And I was like, nope. Yeah. Uh, and I think I actually might have done that exactly, just gone, nope. And, uh, <laughs> But, Man. uh, so I was like, I was like, I was like super hyped. I, I posted a thing in discord and I was like, yeah, guys, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play this game that I just got like talked about. And I'm kind of excited about the remake and everything. I'm going to play this game. And it, and it, well, and part of that, even part of that elimination process was I went back and I was like, oh, Hey, maybe I just have a Wii U that like the reader's not working right now. Mm-hmm. I knew the reader worked at one point in time because I was playing other games off it. So I pulled a couple different games. I have some Wii games. I, I put them in and they write up. Mm. And I was like, no. Mm. And that's yeah. when I did the whole, put it against the light. And I saw like, there was just like two little pinpricks that I saw. And I was <sighs> like, where it looked like the light was coming through. And I'm like, 
I'm willing to bet that's it. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that something like so tiny would cause that kind of problem, but it was such a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but Dang, man. You know, it is what it is. So <sighs> Holy disc foil, Batman. Yeah, that stupid stinks. disc foil. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, that's didn't mean that's to interrupt really you with with that bummer of a story. No, that's okay. I I was riveted actually, um, especially when it's about the wonderful one hundred and one. That's a good game. Everyone should play it. Get past the control. Like you'll get used to the controls eventually. Okay, just play it. You're not going to have an excuse um, here soon. It, you know, it's true. coming to PS4. Yeah, yeah, and it's coming to I, I think they're going to utilize the the touch the touchpad on the PS4. Oh, really? The DualShock huh. Four. Okay. Okay. You might be able like, to. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. That, we'll see what I, happens. I'm, I'm intrigued. Balls in your court, Platinum Games. We'll see. We'll see how you like it. Um, okay, so rewinding a little bit. It's funny because as you're talking about the Persona 5 and you put in 120 hours and you, like, you still kind of want to go back to it. At first that sounds insane, but then I was thinking about uh, when I beat Octopath. And I put in 120 hours and I totally get it because like after you beat it, it feels so good to finally beat it. But then after a while, it's like, I'm so used to playing it. I kind of want to go back and play it, <laughs> even though there's nothing more in that game for me to do. I have done so, all the things. So the question is, I mean, I know you're waiting for Royal. I know you're waiting for Scramble, but there is one game that you can play right now. How hyped are you to play uh, Dancing in Starlight, Moonlight, Persona 5 dancing, dance, Dude, dance, okay. Persona. Here, here's, here's the problem. Uh, those are rhythm games. Uh-huh. And Josh, I am super duper white. Unlike you, gotcha. I don't possess gotcha. rhythmic bones or rhythmic genes. <laughs> I'm Irish on one side mm-hmm. and British and German on the other. Okay. Uh, there's a ton of white in there. <laughs> uh, and none of that is known for like their super rhythmic stylist, you know, gotcha. stylistic dancing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to like play the race card you know but like i'm so white that uh <laughs> but here like, it is but You're- here it is i'm so white i should you know like on the dance floor i should get a handicap tag um <laughs> this man is too white uh okay yeah no uh sorry my, i have a personal hang up with those games just be and i mean persona 4 dancing okay that's fine um but especially especially with three the thing that irks me is with three okay i haven't played a lot of five but what i've played so far has been pretty dark it is very very strange it's it's sort of the same deal as like you know how we talked about silent hill 2 and using those characters and kind of just like throwing them up against the wall and oh now it's a pachinko machine with uh with oh come on what was the big bad guy in that with with triangle with pyramid head right exactly you know let's just throw him in there because he's an iconic character kind of a thing and the way that that just irks me um that's what i feel like with these dancing games is that it's like a misuse of the property in some ways yeah exactly like four i can i i get it it can make more sense because they're a little more happy-go-lucky in that game but persona 3 the main motif in that game is death like you a lot of that yourself game. in the head yeah any voker yeah and, and there are lots of different th- like it approaches it from a, a a ton of different angles so you see people going through you know and their reactions to death of different characters but the main theme the main thread that goes through that game is death and so like when you see k-pop 
uh, or J-pop or whatever. Yeah, because it's <laughs> Japanese, whatever. And I get, you know, some of the music is like that. I get it. But you just see like them dancing around. I'm like, I don't like that. I just, I, it, that is not what, like, sure, th- these characters can show a different side to them, but it just, I, I feel like it makes light of the very, of the, the heavier themes of Persona. Well, Anyways, that's my you've two seen, Well, well, you've seen like just just you know sticking on this for just another minute or two. Like uh-huh. you've gotten to the first transformation scene, that first cinematic where Joker rips the mask off his face. Oh yeah, uh huh, yeah, and yeah, holy smokes! I forgot mm-hmm. how jarring that was. Yeah, like I watched that again, and I was like, like they can't see my face, but I was I was struck speechless for a couple minutes. Yes. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That cemented that I cannot play this game in front of my children. So, uh, you know, just another game. They already know Bloodborne is the spooky game. Can't play that. Can't play Doom in front of them. Yo, I mean, a lot of games that I can't play in front of them. You could, but the the problem is your children would never sleep in their own beds (laughs) again. This is what a demon is like. You need to shoot them in the face when they come calling. Uh, Or chainsaw them. Just right, exact. Just rip them right apart. Rip off their arms. Get health from the, no. Anyways, uh, actually, speaking of Doom, that is a game that I have not been playing over the past week. It's one that I've wanted to. I just have not. Like I said, lots of adulting this week. A number of different things, um, kind of fallen into place of just just being being a, a grown up and putting on your grown up pants. Uh, so lots going on. Haven't played very many video games. So wanting to play Doom, haven't. Wanting to play uh, Persona Five, haven't touched that either. Um, the only games that I've really played are a little bit more of Virtue's Last Reward. Um, so a lot of reading mm-hmm. and and kind of getting into that. But it's I'm still so early on. It's definitely a lot lighter in terms of the themes. Uh, there's death has been mentioned. It has been. Um, uh, alluded to that it, hey if you don't follow these rules then you could die kind of a thing it but it's not as stark as the beginning of 999 uh that's for sure there's no one it's exploding like you're yeah <laughs> there's there's no spaghetti on the walls and fat that's a relief down. that's yeah. a relief yeah it's 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 different that's that's for sure and also the the main character is a little more jokey and so it doesn't feel as as you know who, who knows maybe as i get farther into it it'll get heavier but we'll see i'm still i'm still early on in that so just play that a little bit i was just thinking like you know what that like have you played the Rampa games i have not they've been compared to these games but i've heard these games are better so I, that's why mm. i started with these Rampa, i've uh, that's another one on my radar but they're also more expensive like when this mm. one was pretty cheap i think i paid 12 bucks for the for the double pack on on oh. vita so like it was pretty cheap and so that's why i i finally picked it up I will have to take a look at this. Now they do. T- this, this, this is the. These are the ones that tend to be sort of like. I, I'm sort of. I mean, you've talked about them, and <laughs> I'm cursor, cursorily. I'm. I'm a little. I'm kind of aware of them. Yeah. But Vita, you said twelve bucks. Wow. They were they because they were on sale. The Nonary okay. Games uh, is what it's called. It's a compilation of the first two because Nine 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 was originally released on 3DS, and then Virtue's Last Reward was 3DS and Vita. Um, I think it's since gotten a port to PS4, but I don't quite remember. But anyways, I'm playing them both on Vita because it's just easier for me. Uh, that's part of the reason why Ooh. I picked it up. Um, so it's 40, 40 bucks right now. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So it must have so. been like a 70% off or something when I when I did mm, pick it up. Well, but oh, you know, well. add it to your wish list and see what happens in the future. 
the other game that I've played just a little bit of is Bravely Second. Mm-hmm. And again, I stress mm-hmm. it's only been a little bit, but there was a big kind of like a meta break the fourth wall break the fourth wall moment um that i hit that was just like uh, kind of jarring um just some major stuff happened story-wise that required you the characters talk to you as a person and ask you to Uh, do something and i was like oh wow okay that's pretty intense um so i hit that point in the story that's part of the charm of those games though. Yeah. Like, because even bravely default, uh, towards the end mm-hmm. had a part where they directly addressed you as the player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this part feels very similar to, to the original. Um, and okay. it, it's also just because it's a little like the game is so jokey and so like light in in mm-hmm. just its tone that when this big uh story thing happens and literally like the entire game becomes sort of sep- sepia sepia toned after that and there's no background music it's just like uh whoa <laughs> like it's it it was it was pretty heavy and then they address you and ask you to do something and it's just like oh man okay so i hit that point in the story and that's pretty much where i am um I had to I had to jump online to see what to do next because I tried doing what I thought you were supposed to do and it didn't work. So it was not the thing that you were supposed to do. Right. Yes, exactly. So anyways, that's that's where I'm at. That's all that I've played th- these past few weeks because uh th- yeah, like I said, adulting stuff, school uh kind of backed up on me because I I I'll not give the entire story, but basically there were some technical glitches and this class that I'm taking uh, had some group assignments and our group were not able to see our assignments. So then when we were finally Mm. able to see our assignments, we had backlogged an assignment. And so in addition to that week's assignments, we had the previous week's assignment. And so we had to kind of get on. And and our our instructor was like, you know, he's not going to take any time off for late submissions because we literally could not even see what we were supposed to be doing. Um, But that means twice as much schoolwork. On top of we purchased a new vehicle and then proceeded to my my yeah. wife was rear-ended right after we purchased the vehicle, like the afternoon after we purchased it. And so just some stuff with that. Uh, so it, it's just like nothing major, um, but just a number of things that piled up. I would, I mean, I I I know the rest of the story with yes. the rear-ending and, every, yeah. and I know nobody was hurt. You know, right. Everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. That's still kind of major, dude. Like that's like it's it's not major in the sense that like yeah, but it's yeah. still kind of like somebody rear-ended you guys. Yeah. Or yeah. Samantha rather. So, right. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was a it was a big old and I think the initial reaction was a lot more of just like frustration and anger um than kind of how it's panned out over the last couple of days of just like okay, Really, all it did was there were a few dents on the back of the car. Samantha's actually fine. She's not even sore, which is pretty amazing. Good. I'm so so glad. so like it's not that, and and it seems like their their insurance, at least the family that you know caused the accident, was very apologetic. They were very helpful. So it seems like it's all going to work out fine. It's just also you know details. It was the initial shock of just like, hey, my wife's pregnant. And someone, you know, rear-ended her while she was driving. 
And on top of that, it was the very same day we bought that car. So it it was just a, yeah, the initial kind of frustration was a lot worse that now that, you know, it's been a few days since that, it's just like, okay, it's really not that bad. It was just timing and context. <laughs> so yeah. anyways, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was part of it along with school. And then some other projects that I'm working on, uh, with work that has, um, and I think, I think I've talked about it before, but I do some audiobook recording on the side, like yeah. recording, uh, engineering. And so we've picked up a couple more, uh, audiobooks over the past couple weeks. So that's added onto my workload, both recording it and then editing it afterwards and as you know from my <laughs> from editing this podcast, uh, it can take a little while. <laughs> I, I'm not um, the most timely on doing that, and so it, it yeah, it it just that stuff is just built up, and so haven't played very many video games. Um, in terms of reading, I did finish that Star Wars book. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it definitely left off in a cliffhanger, so I have to follow on to the third one. Um, and then I started up another book called Why You Like It, The Science and Culture of Musical Taste. Ah. And uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Just kind of an in-depth look at, uh, you know, music and, and, and stuff like that. And then I downloaded it and it's 40 hours long. And I'm just like, Ooh. oh my goodness, I did not know this was <laughs> such a huge book. And this dude like goes hard. Um, he's He was the guy who basically created uh, the... Pl- the parameters for what's called the, um, I think it's called the music genome project. It, it's what powers Pandora's, uh, the, the web service. It, what's, it okay. powers their service to like find music that's similar to your musical it's taste. It's like the, the algorithm that, that pulls and says, if you like these five things over here, you're probably going to like these two other things. Exactly. Yeah. So he kind of, uh, he's not a programmer, but he kind of wrote the parameters in terms of musicality. Like, how do you how do you judge a song based on its musicality and based on how people hear it and what they like about it and how does that hmm. uh, go with other stuff? So, anyways, he ends up getting very very technical, and I'm only like you know six or seven hours in, um, and so I like it, and it it deals with or it deals with. No, I'm, that makes it sound all heavy, but it's not. It's just about music. He he just goes very very deep into some of these. Uh, kind of passing thing, you know, like there's a whole chapter, so a whole hour and a half discussion of like what harmony is and the, like a lot of different things about that. So um, it's very enlightening. Um, it's a very intelligent book, but he also kind of keeps it, um, like he goes deep, don't get me wrong, um, but it, it, it's it's read by the author and so it, it's kind of fun to listen to also, but it can be, it can a lot of it can go over my head too. <laughs> Even as someone yeah. who enjoys music and, you know, like does audio for a living, there's some stuff that I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, man, oh man. Talking about like Pythagorean tunings and things like that where I'm just like, whew, uh, man, oh man. So uh, yeah, the people used to listen to music differently because of the way that the court, the 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 different tunings, the way that, that notes were tuned, uh, previ- you know, hundreds of years ago versus how we have the tuning, the, the A440 standard nowadays. But anyways, um, even that's kind of like the tip of the iceberg there. But it's been fun. That's what I've been reading. Uh, listening, or excuse me, not listening to, um, uh, memorization. 
it's been pretty hit or miss, honestly. Um, I've done a little bit of work on it, but not very much. So that's kind of story of my life right now. Shame. Yes. For yes. shame. <laughs> oh, you know what exactly. I forgot? Um, what? I forgot all sorts of things this time. This is what happens when Whoa. I don't write things down. Uh, I forgot that I've finished. The, I don't know if I mentioned this. I finished Uh-oh. the uh, the next Wing Feather Saga book. Oh, so nice. The last one. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's good. It's mm-hmm. sad. It's okay. Sad. Because sad I'm pretty one. sure he just likes to make, make me cry. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that when uh, he wrote this, he was like, I'm just going to find ways to make Nate McKeever his, I'm going to make his eyes get dusty a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's these moments and I'm just like, stupid eyeballs. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Nice. Well, well, I think Josh, uh, mm-hmm. it's about time for us to move into this, this, uh, this, this time warp. All right. Anomaly thing. I'm it's excited. Time to dive into the black hole, the wormhole. All right. I'm I'm stoked to hear from Bo. So yeah, let's yeah. get him on here and I'll I'll leave. I'm sorry. I'll I'll Go get out. Away. I'm done. Yeah. Get Bo. out. <laughs> get out. Bye. Fly, you fool. Hey gang, uh, I have a really special guest here, uh, the real Bo York from Country Squire Radio. Ugh, I'm talking great right now, but Country Squire Radio's very own the real Bo York. He's also sort of a a bit of a podcasting empire building madman. Say hi to the backlog breakdown audience, Bo. Hey everybody, uh, thanks for having me on, man. I'm, I'm really excited, Nate. Yeah, well, I you know I told you off off mic a little bit, uh, but I was thrilled to to hear from you. I've enjoyed Country Squire Radio for a few years at this point in time. Uh, actually, the reason I own a Missouri Meerschaum is because of you uh, and and JD. So uh, <laughs> yes, you're 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 in uh, you're in good company. There are quite a few folks who uh, who rock the Missouri Meerschaum for that very reason. <laughs> Um, it was, it was one of those, I can't remember which one I have off the, I have like a handful of pipes. I tend to be more of a cigar guy. Um, but yeah. So why don't you, uh, fill us in for, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm sort of acquainted with your content, but why don't you fill in the rest of our listeners just with sort of what you do? Uh, give us sort of a snapshot of, of Bo York in general. Yeah. Um, sure, man. I can give kind of, kind of a, a quick background here. So back in 2013, I, I, I well, actually before 2013, kind of my background was in uh, telecom and, uh, and I was, uh, had a job in emerging technologies where it was a lot of kind of testing, uh, the devices that were about to be on market. It was one of the, the best, uh, best kind of career paths you could possibly get on just cause you have so many, uh, wonderful tools and toys available to you as, uh, we were trying to figure out what was going to be the next hot thing in, in mobile tech. Um, however, back in around 2013, uh, I really wanted the opportunity to to kind of go off on my own and, and start my own company. And so uh, back then I started a podcast company, which was kind of a novel idea at the time. Uh, and I got a lot of people very confused as I was 
based out of Jackson, Mississippi, and explaining what a podcast was was difficult uh, around the country as a whole, but especially in, in yeah. Jackson, Mississippi. Um, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, started it with some very uh, aggressive goals. I wanted to be featured by iTunes. I wanted to have over 100 reviews for one of our shows. I wanted to get paid to do a show, and I wanted to do one nonprofit uh, within that first year and kind of set those as some immediate goals. And we were able to do that and more uh, uh, all within uh, the, the time allotted. So we within the first year, we'd been, we had at least, I think, three, possibly four, if I'm remembering correctly, shows featured by iTunes. At least oh, two wow. of those had over iTunes, yeah, 100 iTunes reviews. Uh, and then, of course, we had uh, a paid show and a, and a nonprofit show that, uh, that I had partnered with as well. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, and and we were kind of off to the races from there, and uh, got have as the different shows have kind of grown, and and some have worked, and some have not. Um, learned a lot about the industry, and had the opportunity to to speak on podcasting at uh, New Media Europe, uh, for TEDx, uh, for uh, various organizations. I've I've got uh, some amazing clients uh, currently, and and have had some amazing clients over the years to. Uh, really kind of help use this medium, which I believe is a very powerful way to connect with an audience. I argue that podcasting, you can connect with an audience stronger in this medium than any other medium out there. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's a, that's kind of a, a quick and dirty, so to speak, of my of my background right there. That's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, and I, I probably, you know, for what it's worth, I would totally agree. Uh, up until recently, um, now it, it's probably been the post office. I, you know, I'm a letter carrier in the United States postal service. Um, and I used to listen to podcasts all the time. Like I'd have mm-hmm. an earbud in all day long as I'm walking around delivering letters. Uh, it, it recently came to light that the official policy is no earbuds. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at oh, ways that, at possibly, uh, and there's some safety reasons behind that. Uh, you know, sure. they want you to be aware of what's going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, dogs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. The, the, uh, the ever, uh, uh, ever super villain arch nemesis of the mailman, the, the oh, yeah. dog, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they either, they love you or they hate you. And, uh, it's, it's mostly, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's a, it's a flavor preference. You know, it's like nothing like a, a, a mouthful of uh, mailman <laughs> to get your day started. Um, right. Especially, you know, one like me who tends to be, you know, a little over caffeinated in the mornings. Um, but that's, yeah, no, as far as podcasts go, I mean, you can take them with you, you know, I tend to sort of do the, the download and then I just, I sort of binge throughout the day. And again, since the, this policy, I've sort of rolled back. I'm looking at other options to sort of regain some of that momentum, uh, you know, because there's just a lot of really great content out of, out there and in and, and just about any arena. Uh, you know, I, I tend to listen to a lot of theology podcasts. Uh, you and, and JD are actually the only pipe and tobacco podcasts that I listen to with any frequency. Uh, I've dipped into some other stuff, but it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of a fair way. I'm, I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm more about video games and, and, and books and movies and stuff. Uh, so, um, your classic geek media fair. Yeah. I, yeah, I really, I really am that, um, whiskey and tobacco, you, you know, well, I had a really interesting relationship with tobacco, um, to, to get sort of the short version is I was actually a two pack a day smoker, uh, for about 10 years and I quit smoking, uh, you know, about 10 years ago at this point. And well, right around the time my wife and I got married, we went to, for our honeymoon, we went, uh, to, uh, Atlantic city. We went to the boardwalk and we got some cheap cigars and I was like, I kind of mm-hmm. like this. 
I kind of miss this. And so occasionally for special things, we would get just, you know, some cheap flavored cigars. And then I started getting into some of the nicer, more premium flavored cigars. And then like the acids. uh, And after that, I was like, you know what? Like I just went whole hog into cigars in general. And uh, then after a little bit of time, I have an uncle who sort of, he had been smoking cigars with me from time to time. He moved over to pipe because it was a little more cost effective. And he actually prefers the flavors now of pipe tobacco. Whereas I just, that's not really, I'm kind of like, okay. But anyways, I got sort of off track. But yeah, podcasts, they're great. I mean, you want to learn about something, there's a podcast on it just about anywhere. You can take them with uh, you can take them with you wherever you go, and it it really is just a, a, an incredible format. Um, so, yeah, and actually, you know, you. so just to kind of connect it with the the pipe tobacco thing. So, uh, we one of the so John David, uh, uh, my co-host for Country Squire Radio, um, when we started that show, I had to kind of twist his arm a little bit uh, and really kind of sell him on the idea of it. At the time, he was the manager of uh, the Country Squire, which is a pipe tobacco shop in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And, um, you know, really, you know, we, I kind of really kind of gave my pitch, which was that, you know, people don't shop retail for products, what they shop for is experience. And the mm. country squire has such an unique, you know, unique, amazing experience, uh, that it really, it, you know, giving, uh, really originally just kind of the customers, of the country squire, the, the local community, that experience to kind of take with them so that even when they're not at the shop, it kind of gives them that escape while they're either there at work or as you say on the road, whatever they may be doing, that kind of beckons them back into the shop and kind of keeps them connected to that community. But what we found very, very quickly within the first like 10 episodes was not only was it our local community that was looking for something like that, but the global community was looking for something like that. And there was a, a massive uh, response to to that show, which we we didn't we didn't really foresee not not to the the impact or effect that it had in in the early stage, um, and uh, yeah, so it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's a fun pastime, man. And, and you know, you mentioned that you used to smoke, so I'm 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 somebody who is uh, I'm not a cigarette smoker. I really try to encourage people to not smoke cigarettes. In fact, I try to convince my friends that smoke cigarettes to switch to a pipe or to premium cigars because it's just it's a completely different mindset for white when you go for these different products and you just don't have that same level of uh dependency or addiction that's kind of tied to the the consumption method and it allows you to really appreciate uh you know what you're enjoying as opposed to you know becoming kind of a slave to it and so uh yeah we 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 are all we are all about the uh, the premium products there from that standpoint (laughs) yeah i've i've really there's a particular episode that stands out to me as one of the ones that just sort of got in my head and it, it stuck there. It's when you guys talked about the, the, the Kirsten pipes or the Kirsten pipes. Um, mm, okay. Yep. And for some reason I, I went and Googled them and I'm just, I'm fascinated with one. Uh, like I just, that's, that's going to be like my first big boy pipe. Uh, you know, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Right now. You gotta, you gotta make that first big purchase, right? <laughs> the yeah. One that, that you'd never thought you would make. And then, uh, <laughs> that's when, you know, you've reached a whole nother level in that. Uh, and, and that appreciation there. That's good. <laughs> well, that, what, what they call the pipe collection disorder. Um, you know, I, I have right. a feeling that that will be sort of like my trigger, uh, to, to go down that rabbit hole. But, um, anyways, oh, man, look, I'm, I can be such a, uh, you know, the collective mindset or the collector's mindset. I, I have to be very careful about that. Um, because I've probably, I, I combat it though from this standpoint. I, I, I end up buying a lot of Missouri Mearsham pipes because they are so affordable. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, Phil, the the owner of that company, is such a good friend, and he's been a sponsor of the show for several years. 
Um, and, but the great thing is I also, I don't just buy them. I also end up giving them away because yeah. I've got more of those that I can smoke. And it's such a great way to kind of introduce folks to, uh, uh, to, to the hobby or if they want to like, ah, I want to smoke a pipe. Like, Hey, I've got one for you. <laughs> you know, we got, there's plenty to go around, so to speak. Well, I have, I think it's called the country gentleman. Um, I think, Oh, I love the country gentleman. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, yeah. I really, it's, it's my go-to right now. I have a, I have a Morgan bones. I have two Morgan bones that I like as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my country gentleman is, is probably my go-to right now. I, I've I, got a I, couple I, of variants actually of the country gentleman like that. Mine, mine as well. It's a good chunky bowl. So you can get like a good, uh, mm-hmm. good smoke out of it. And, um, I, I've got one in particular and I, it's terrible because it was a gift from a long time ago from a listener and I'm blanking on who it was. Um, it might've been, I think his name was Mike Flucher. Um, but he, he created a custom, he took a, a, a country gentleman and customized it so that I could use it while I was fly fishing. And so there's a, like a hook oh. that he kind of put into it. Yeah. And it has a little bit of a bamboo, uh, aesthetic to it. It's, it is by far, I like, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got so many great favorite pipes because over the years we've had different pipe carvers sending gifts and, and that sort of thing. And so it's kind of hard to you know, it, it's difficult to say like, this is my favorite pipe, especially because, you know, by comparison to some of these other amazing works of art, uh, a, a corn cob pipe is so much cheaper, but like this really did like hold, this holds a special place in my heart because for one thing, whenever I'm, you know, going fly fishing, I'm typically with my father-in-law and kind of creating some good memories there. Yeah. Uh, but also because it was, it was the first gift I got from a listener. And, uh, no, I love the country gentleman, man. Great, great pipe. Yeah. Well, I could probably spend hours talking to you about uh, pipes and pipe tobacco. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just, th- this is, but this is a video game and stewardship podcast. So I, 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 I kind of want to get a picture of like, um, you know, it, it, for me, the first time I actually heard you talk about Sea of Thieves and playing video games on uh, Country Square Radio, I, I, that tickled a little bit. I was like, oh, that's that's super cool. And then it, it comes up often enough that I was like, oh, no, he's pretty legit. He's pretty into this. And then I heard the whole, you have like the, <laughs> I, I don't know how Sea of Thieves works, but you have like the, the Xbox Guild or group or, you know, pirate crew. Um, so l- what what is your sort of in with gaming? Wh- where did you start? What do you do? Ooh, like, yeah. you know. That's a, that's a great question. So, all right. Um, I think I think it all goes back to the NES at my grandparents' place. Uh, whenever we would go visit them on on Christmas upstairs, uh, they had an NES on this really really just tiny uh, like cube looking uh, television. Uh, like if you mm. remember like the old school Macintosh, like how it was all kind of that one big box. It's like that yeah. size TV with a with an NES, and they had. Like all of the, they had the little, you know, the laser gun and they had the um, Dance Dance Revolution looking stomp things and basically everything except for the um, the power glove. You remember the power glove from yes. Nintendo or is that yes. ringing a bell? <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I remember as a child that being sort of like the, the, I look at that and I was just like, I was like, I want this. I don't know what I'll use it for, but exactly. I want it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So they, they had all that and we, uh, you know, we'd always play me and my brother. Of course I was the oldest, so I was always Mario. He was the youngest. So he was always Luigi and he very rarely got to play. Um, Mm. but we loved, uh, we loved video games. Uh, but we weren't really, I hate, I, I can't say that we weren't allowed to have them, 
But our parents were not buying us any video game consoles. That was something that was like very clear growing up. Um, okay. However, once we were able to save up our own money, uh, I think the first gaming system I bought, it was during the the Xbox PlayStation 3 GameCube. No, uh, no, 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 no. The, the, back, back up. Sega, uh, the, the Sega um, Dreamcast. That was the okay. first gaming console that I ever bought. Um, and all of my friends had it at the time. That was a uh, you know somewhere around, I think mid high school, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, Fantasy Star Online, and we would literally right. run. Yeah, we'd literally run uh, this massive uh, dial-up you know telephone cable across the uh, the house just to plug it into the uh, the Dreamcast and uh, go on and, and and fight the dragon. And uh, so yes, yeah, so that that was um, that was some of my kind of my first experiences there. Also, of course. Uh, man, you know, youth group growing up, we, we did some golden eye, pretty hardcore. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, I can't think of a youth group event that didn't involve either golden eye or, uh, Mario Kart or smash brothers. Like that See, was just, I feel robbed my, my youth groups that those were not part of the itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. We were, we were very much a, uh, <laughs> we were a video game playing uh, youth group to be sure. Uh, and so, yeah, so we had uh, uh, all of that, and um, but yeah, but the the big kind of definitive moment was during the console wars of the I think it was the Xbox, the PlayStation, I want to say three, maybe it's PlayStation two, and the and the GameCube, and mm-hmm. I thought I was like you know all my friends were like getting so stoked for the Xbox, and I was like guys y'all are crazy, Nintendo's gonna own this, <laughs> and so I'm the only the only idiot that gets the uh, the Nintendo purple GameCube. And because, uh, you know, they had they had Sonic, so they were going to have Sega games on it because the Dreamcast had bombed and all of the games that I loved yeah. on Dreamcast were going to be available on uh, the GameCube. And, and so I was like, OK, this is the right way to go. And then, of course, all my friends are out playing Halo and I'm just sitting here stuck on like, you know, replaying Fantasy Star Online on GameCube. And hey, it was just, hey, don't knock Fantasy Star Online on GameCube. Oh, I love I, that game. I love the game. The problem was my friends weren't on it anymore, so I couldn't <laughs> play with them anymore. I had a roommate who actually turned me on to that, and I thought that was uh, an incredible game. I oh, spent yeah. countless hours, sort of, um, th- and 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 honestly, I think you know when it comes down to it, you made the right choice. It may be a little bit of a, <laughs> I don't an, know. <laughs> like, listen, listen. The GameCube, it, it was sort of it. It was definitely it came out on the bottom of that pile, but you're talking right. like the OG Xbox. And then I think the 360 might've even tapped into that, uh, that era a little bit, but then you have the PS2 and the PS2 is one of the most dominant consoles of all time. Um, mm-hmm. but dude, uh, some of my favorite games were GameCube games. Mario Kart double dash is my favorite Mario Kart to this day. I think it's the, the, the best one in my opinion. And every other Mario Kart has been a travesty because they don't let me do the, the two player <laughs> like power up thing. Right. Um, you know, uh, eternal darkness was, a a, uh, yeah, re- that was for the GameCube as well. I, no, I never had that one. Um, uh, I, I did have... Uh, so that's the thing, and this is why I think I made the wrong choice, though, is because a lot of the games that I wanted uh, and played were like, cross-platform in the sense that they were available for all the other platforms. Mm. So before that, back when we were in our Dreamcast days, uh, my group of friends in high school, we had a, uh, a Soul Calibur, kind of ongoing Soul Calibur bracket. And we okay. would do these Soul Calibur tournaments, and uh, and for we we actually uh, a couple of guys had gotten together. They found this like large wrench, and they spray painted it gold, and we called it the Gilded Wrench. And so whoever 
won the uh, you know the tournament would always be the one to hold the gilded wrench. And if you came in last, then we had a, a toilet seat that was a little rusted <laughs> and uh, looks just awful. And so you had to get yourself like photographed with the toilet seat around your neck. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, those, so like that was the other that's thing That's some high too. quality friends right there. Just so you know, like those are some real bros right there, man. Um, oh man, we had a great, uh, and we weren't just guys too. We had a couple of girls mixed in the mix okay. as well. We, it is funny cause you know, we always kind of saw ourselves as like, you know, the geeks and the nerds, the losers. And then it's like, man, we had like 12 friends who had 12 friends in high school. Like, no, that's like, that's a good, good get right there. It was a, yeah, it was for good sure, group. man. For sure, for sure. So, some like some of your favorite games, though. Like, let's. I mean, let's back up a second. So, you go with the GameCube, and so what? Like, how? What? What's the next step? I guess as far as your your console yeah. journey goes. So after that, it was definitely eating some crow and uh, <laughs> figure like. So I, I think I I think I traded that in eventually. I mean, I, I played that thing pretty hardcore up until I went to college, and then in college I was like, okay, I needed I got I got to get an Xbox because now we're going into like dorm tournaments and everything for uh, for Halo and um you know you, you used to have like back in the day the the massive like Halo LAN parties and and yep. all kinds of fun stuff, but. Um, and, and, you know, in the dorm in particular, that was a big thing as well. Cause we had the cables running in between the dorm rooms and, if, you know, younger listeners have no idea what I'm talking about here, but this is like how we did it back then. Yes. Uh, and it was like, it was a whole thing. And so, uh, so I think I traded it into GameStop for like 50 bucks. You know, I think I spent like $300 getting that thing or whatever it was. And then I got 50 bucks for it. If even that sounds accurate uh, to use, sounds, sounds yeah, about to, right. <laughs> to use as a credit, uh, to get a used Xbox. And, um, and loved it, man. I had Halo for it. I played, um, oh man, uh, the, the old Republic, uh, okay. Star Wars, the old Republic, uh, which was a fantastic game. video game. Oh mm-hmm. man. Like that was the twist in that was one of the first times I ever had one of like those, you know, you know, they did what moments <laughs> like that's just like that game was, was incredible. Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, but really, I mean, mostly it was Halo. Cause that was, that was the game we were all playing. So Halo, Halo two specifically. Um, and I was kind of an Xbox loyalist up until the current generation when uh, PlayStation four was announced. Mm-hmm. I really started getting excited, but that was mostly because of the fact that it had more games on it. And with what they were kind of pushing the Xbox one to be more about TV and, you know, we don't really do TV. So it's like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I got to go PlayStation. But then at the same time, it's like, wait, I'm an adult and I have money now. <laughs> and I, as a kid, I could, I could never have any video game console. I can have all the consoles now. So. I can own everything. Yeah. So we got oh, the Nintendo man. switch. We got the PlayStation and I've got, I, to be honest, I've got more games than I have time to play. And I've, I've started a bunch of games. I haven't finished them. Like, you know, me and the the kids have been going through Pokemon Sword and Shield, and uh, Minecraft has just been kind of dominating a lot of our playtime or my playtime with the kiddos. Um, the Spider-Man game is fantastic. I've got yes. but haven't played yet the most recent God of War. Uh, I've mm. got but really haven't played yet the most recent Assassin's Creed. Uh, I have played the Black Black Flag Assassin's Creed, but I haven't completed that game. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of games like that where it's like, you know, I've, I've gotten some headway into it. And part of the reason, man, is because really when it came down to it, Sea of Thieves like owned my gaming experience that completely like dominated. I think I calculated up at the end of like the first year it came out and I spent 
collectively a month of that year playing that game. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, yeah. that's why I avoid like the the online dominant games. Like I play them occasionally, but it, it's like I I played WoW for a while, a while um and I remember like at one point in time getting a mod or an add-on or something that showed me my in-game timer and the first time I popped that up and it was like I've been online f- with this thing for 60 odd days or whatever the number was and I was like okay right. Yeah, there's a problem. <laughs> this is a problem. Um, it, but- it was interesting because that game in particular is it's it's much more simplistic than WoW, and I've played WoW, but I've never played like on the level. Like you know, I hate I, <laughs> I can't stand all the math required for WoW. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you know, I I'm cool with like let me look cool and let me go beat up some you know kill the kill the dragon and you know and save the day. I'm 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 down. Uh, but the whole math aspect of it, I just could never get into. And so what I like about Sea of Thieves is it's very simple in the sense that you can jump in and everybody's on a level playing field. Like there's cosmetic differences, but it's not like you're going to get like a three plus boost to your sword or anything of that nature. So um, it is a very you know specific skill, uh, skill-based game. Uh, but it's also insanely immersive and you get kind of drawn in. And of course I'm, you know, this is, this is something just, uh, that has always been the case with me and I have no earth idea why I am a huge, like pirate geek. Like I get really into pirate history and pirate lore and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, most anything that comes out that's uh, even just like a little bit pirate related, I always get really, uh, into and, and kind of, you know, get, get sucked into having kind of like a, like a pirate wave so to speak, where I'll kind of, you know, get a book and I'll like dive into that book. I finished, uh, for example, there's a book called If a Pirate I Must Be that's about the the history of Bartholomew Roberts, who's a uh, Black Bart. And he was okay. uh, the most successful, kind of financially successful of the day pirate. Uh, he's not as well known as, say, somebody like a Blackbeard. Um, but in terms of like, you know, a success story, uh, you could argue that, that he, he is one. Of course, he died in combat. So, you know, didn't exactly get to retire <laughs> as many pirates well, didn't. But anyway, from what I understand, historically speaking, pirate was not a sort of long. Like, there was not a twenty-year career plan for the most part. No, no, yeah, no. It was very much a. Uh, it's very much a uh, a short. You know, you 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 get this kind of idea of like these long careers, and it's like no, nah, like they were only operating for like maybe two or three years. Yes, <laughs> this really just wasn't yeah. that big of a a thing. But the lore behind it, man, and just kind of the. Uh, the swashbuckling romanticism that's kind of all tied to it. I, I love that stuff. And so, yeah, Sea of Thieves came out, and I remember seeing a preview for it, and I thought, based on the way that it didn't have, like, your traditional HUD and everything else, I really thought this was going to be a VR game. Like, it seemed mm. to me as if it was being marketed as a VR game. So when it actually came out, um, me thinking I'm going to have to save up, and this will be, be the reason why I get a, you know, a VR set or something of that nature and it comes out and it's just an Xbox game. I'm like, Oh, well no, I'm, I'm here for this. So I was in it day one. And, uh, yeah, like I said, finished the year in like the top percentile of that game. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yeah. Well, I, you know, like I said, I, I do not share, <laughs> like, I just like, for me, it's like, there's a point where a, a game sort of becomes almost like a second job and I'm like, nah. right. Yeah. So, um, but I want to go back for a second here. You, you mentioned that you play with your kids. Um, so you you are family man and like walk me through a little bit of like the balance of your life and just like how do you balance sort of being a self-employed entrepreneur uh, you know podcast mogul and you know 
uh, a family man, and then you know making time for your video, like you know enjoying your hobbies and your other obligations. Like, like if you had to sort of like break down a week or whatever, like what are some of the things like the priorities that you know? How how do you sort of uh, how do you sort things out in your day to day as far as like carving out time for recreation, for rest, making sure that you're investing well in your family. You know, those kinds of like, what, what does some of that process look like for you? Yeah. So it's, it's twofold. Um, it's, it's less day to day and more week to week, but even beyond that, it's really, it's, it's like season it's seasonal. Um, I I had a mentor once who really kind of helped me appreciate this as I was kind of striving to try to figure out what balance, like how to kind of achieve some sort of kind of balance of, you know, um, enough time with, you know, my wife, with my wife, with my kids, with us as a family, with, you know, making sure I've got time for myself or, you know, making time I've got time for the church and, and for nonprofit and, you know, for for-profit. And, um, and, and, uh, this mentor really kind of, you know, taught me that it really comes, you know, it, that pursuit, um, can drive you insane because it's, it's almost impossible to do when it comes down to it. It's really more about seasons of your life. Some seasons are going to require you to really kind of pour into work uh, some seasons are going to require you to really pour into family. Um, and you can't let, you know, that, that season can't last forever. <laughs> you got to make sure yeah. that, that therein lies the, uh, the balance and that, you know, all of those different groups are aware of what season that you're in and kind of have buy-in. And if they don't, then you know that you actually need to kind of shift those priorities. But um, I wouldn't say that I really kind of approach it with that same kind of mindset. But I do remember like, as like that really kind of freed me of trying to figure out exactly like, you know, uh, kind of doing the whole six Sigma of your life. I <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on a, just on a week to week basis. Uh, so, um, from a business standpoint, man, we, we've, we've got, uh, the, there's, there's owned content, which is a kind of intellectual property that we have some kind of ownership of that Potisteri, the, the parent company has some kind of ownership of, uh, be it, you know, hundred percent or, or just a, a, a smaller percentage. And then there's content that is produced for clients, so specifically client work. And um, a lot of times when it comes to that, it's really just mostly about making sure that we're, we're hitting our deadlines. And we've got a great team at this point uh, so that hitting deadlines are uh, really not even on us anymore. It's really on the client to, to make sure that they're <laughs> – as long as they hit their deadlines, we hit our deadlines. And it works out really, okay. really well. Um, and then beyond that, there's also just new projects that are going on, and that's that ends up being kind of a, a rotating thing in terms of a seasonal thing. I've, I've been, I actually just kind of finished, for example, a season of of working on a play that we've been trying to get off the ground, which is a an yeah. Immersive. I've been I've been hearing like I've been hearing about that in some of the 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 last few episodes of Country Squire Radio. I'm, I'm it sounds pretty wild to me, but yeah. Could you like could you spell that out a little bit, like flesh that out for sure. me? Sure. Sure. Um, so immersive theater is, is very much kind of, um, uh, in its, in its infancy. And that's, that's really where I love to kind of like that, that I, I get excited about things that haven't quite hit yet. Um, especially in media. And so that's, that's one of the things that drew me into podcasting in the early days and wanted to look at it from not just as a, as a kind of a hobby thing, but like as a business, like, cause this seems, this seems exciting and this seems powerful and this seems, you know, something that I, I enjoy and that is, is really able to connect with me in a way that, I hadn't really connected with before. And so in many ways, immersive theater has done the same thing. So the immersive shows that I've gone to have really kind of opened my eyes about what theater can be. And talking to a lot of people in the immersive theater space, a lot of them have experienced issues with trying to do their shows, but 
being treated like traditional plays, which means they don't have the business models to set up to sustain um, supporting the the shows that they're doing, uh, with with very very rare exception. And I should probably go ahead and define it. So immersive theater, for those that are not familiar, uh, the idea is that you step into the theater as opposed to being in a seat and watching a play. Uh, you're actually on in in the play. Essentially, the world is the stage. So it might happen, uh, you know, in a building. It might happen at a house. It may happen wherever it is, but in some instances you're watching people act around you. In some instances you're actually engaging with the characters. Um, it's, it's almost like a, it's, it's like a, a theme park slash, um, escape room slash, slash play, I guess. Um, if you kind of imagine <laughs> merging concepts of all three of those in, uh, together, that's essentially what immersive theater is. Um, hmm. And it's really exciting stuff. There's some some amazing things going on. There was a, a, a play that I went to recently in Pittsburgh that unfortunately is not uh, running anymore, but uh, really fascinating. Um, there was you were you were essentially a guest going to the product launch of of this new product, and you kind of learned that the product is actually a, an AI robot. And the actress that was playing the robot uh, at one point, like you know, I actually went back into the room where she was being stored and activated her. And, um, it was great because during the course of the play, there was a character who shared my same name and the, one of the characters gave voice command access to Bo, but not me, Bo, but this other person, Bo. And so since the Android had addressed me earlier by the same name, I knew she knew my name was Bo. And so I tried to command her with the, with my voice commands because of my name. And she kind of gave me a look and she says, I see what you were doing. You are a Bo, but you're not the Bo who has been given voice commands. <laughs> anyway, oh, so wow. it's, it's wild stuff and it's really kind of hard to explain unless you experience it. But anyway, all that to say, um, I, I wrote an immersive play over the last couple of years. And, and, you know, since uh, moving to Houston, Texas, I really feel like, this is a, a exciting market to test something like this out. And mm -hmm. we got a great team together. We, we got our cast, we got our, our director and um, things were going really well. But uh, when it came down to it, uh, we got really, really tight for time and, and we couldn't quite get the audience that we were going for. We were trying to, uh, to do a play, but treat it as if it's a kind of a startup pitch meeting, uh, which requires a very select uh, audience. And we just mm. got down to it and, we kind of were hoping we'd be able to connect with more people early on, and uh, that didn't happen. So we put a pause on it, and we'll, we'll have to circle back on it, uh, hopefully yeah. later this year. But anyway, all that to say, so that was that's been a that that was more of a priority that's not currently a priority. My current priority is I'm actually working um, to uh, co-launch a, a, an organization, a, a nonprofit uh, called the Witness Foundation, which is a uh, foundation that uh, seeks to help fund. Uh, uh, ministries for African American uh, led and specific uh, ministries. So it's the Witness Foundation. You go to witnessfoundation.co. You can kind of learn more about it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So that's so. Anyway, all that to say, you've got kind of you've got you know the baseline work, but then we've also got kind of larger projects, or, or I've got personal projects rather that uh, end up taking a lot of time. And then um, yeah, with the kids, man, it's uh, I, I I'm good about kind of carving out a little you know connection time with them each day. Um, and Minecraft in particular, man, especially with my oldest, uh, has really kind of taught me that, you know, the kids are watching. And so it really helps me to kind of police my own gaming habits because I want to make sure that I'm establishing for them healthy habits and not just, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. not just like on the game all, all the time, um, oh, yeah, which I'm not, sure. but, but it does just really kind of, uh, allow, you know, uh, kind of, kind of give you that, um, 
you know, from you, okay, I learned it from watching you, you know, you're almost just yeah. prepared for that. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like, it's really hard. It, it, I imagine it's probably really hard to uh, look at, look at a kid. Uh, my wife and I don't have any children uh, right now, uh, but we, we fostered for a little bit, um, but it didn't really work out. Uh, that's a different story for a different time. But, uh, you know, there were, I, I learned pretty early on in that experience that like, you know, our, our one foster son, he, he liked to play video games and I like to give him that time, but it, sometimes, you know, it, there was almost that fight sometimes to get him off or whatever. And, uh, I had to learn really quick, like that I have to set the, the, the pace there, the tone there. And so when mm-hmm, it's time mm-hmm. to like, like, Hey man, we, we got to get off. It's like, we got to go do this. We got to go do this. Like if I'm dragging my feet, if he sees me dragging my feet, he's going to go to that and say, well, when you were supposed to get off, you know? So yeah, um, it is that the whole more is uh, caught than taught a sort of mentality there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Just kind of watching the kids grow up and, uh, and how they, um, how they engage there. But, um, yeah. And I will say, you know, one of the nice things we, we recently moved, uh, last year and, um, the, we, we had, we'd really kind of outgrown our, our last home. And so in mm-hmm. our, in our new house, we have a lot more space, which is allowed for just a lot more freedom for me and my wife to connect. Um, and we mm. try to, we try to sit down every single night, um, after the kids go down and, uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, so, so there's that. And then also we've got a, we've got a new church, um, a fairly active church member. I don't, I don't take church membership lightly. Um, and so, uh, in particular at the moment, speaking of just kind of a season, our local church is, uh, our, our pastor just announced a few weeks back that, that he was leaving the church and this last past uh. Sunday was his last one. And so, um, and the elders have started opening up their session We're we're Presbyterians, So we've got kind of a, that, that structural, uh, history and, yeah, so we're, hey, I'm 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 a deacon in the PCA, man. So well, there you go. Rec- yeah, recently ordained, but yes. Congratulations! Uh, now I, I grew up in the PCA. This is the first time we're in a EPC church here. Okay, uh, and we really love it. It's uh, it's been a great. We love the folks here, and and it's been a great uh, great church. But yeah, our our session just um, just started along the process as we start looking for a new pastor. They've kind of invited anybody who wants to just kind of attend and and kind of, I guess, be a spectator into the, the session meetings and uh, to kind of have a bit of an open door policy. Mm. And so, yeah, so I've, I've started doing that uh, each month and, uh, and going to the, the session meetings as well. But yeah, so anyway, all that to say, a lot of stuff, you, you, you kind of figure it out. I don't know that I have a good like method for, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I think like um, for me, the, there, there was that, that time where I wanted to sort of like block everything out, like, and schedule everything out. But yeah, for me, it's just like, there have been different rhythms. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned like the, the whole being ordained recently as a deacon, we went through a year long training period, uh, with our pastor. Uh, he gave us a bunch of material. There was like a study that, uh, the other diaconal candidates and I would meet with him. And so, um, a lot of my game time in that. Now I still managed, you know, because it is just my, my wife and I, um, so I still, I had like way more time than, than, you know, other guys, maybe my age, but, uh, you know, a lot of my game time, if I, like, I had to do some, some prep for the, 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 the teaching session or whatever, mm-hmm. or any reading, like those things had to be the priorities. And, uh, even in this, this last year, uh, so the, the, uh, the, 
there's a Facebook group that sort of this podcast was born out of. And this, well, this podcast was sort of, that Facebook group was born out of another Facebook group. There's a long, really weird, you know, Facebook yeah, which group. which one, man? I was actually I was just pulled up Facebook. I was I thought I might hop into it. Which uh, which well, which group? I am an admin in uh, the Reformed Gamers TRG, um, but we're also uh, the the we have one called the hashtag Backlog Book Club, which is a smaller group that is a little more. It's just it's a little more focused and intensive, and it's not it's not nearly as easy to get lost in. Uh, but I. I, I'm heavily involved in both of those. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out for your application. I'll make sure to. Yeah. You know. I just applied, although I haven't answered any of the questions, which is, I hate that. Cause we get for, for our, uh, our club membership, uh, group. I, I, I always drives me crazy when people apply and they don't answer the questions for the uh, Squires club. So, uh, I'll, I'll have to go back in there and fill it out when I got, a, when I get a chance. Oh no, that's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so like I said, there's this other, the other Facebook group that I, I run, and actually that this podcast is sort of born out of. It's called the Backlog Book Club, um, and it's all about sort of like, because you you mentioned it earlier, like we all sort of we we find ourselves like when we were kids, right? It was like you might get a handful of games. Um, you know, it's you, you said your parents were just like we're not buying a Nintendo. My parents looked at me, um, and I was probably about eight or nine when the original NES came out and uh, they said, and I, I was like, I was super persistent and they said, you know what? Uh, if you memorize a hundred Bible verses uh, <laughs> over the course of a summer and th- there was like a, a Bible camp that they wanted to send me to. So they said, you memorize these verses from this Bible camp and we'll buy you the Nintendo. And that nice. was, uh, so I memorized a hundred verses and I might remember three of them, but <laughs> You know, they got me the NES, um, and after that, they they sort of didn't buy a whole lot of games for us. Like we we would get one every couple of years or whatever. But I remember it was like you would play that game to death, and uh, but now we sort of have the sort of the opposite problem. There's so many games and there's so many deals that you end up having hundreds of games just sort of sitting either digitally or physically. And so part of that for me was like, listen, I. You know, I still buy new games from time to time, but like I need new games like I need hole in the head, a hole in the head. I, what I need to do is I need to play these, the, the games I already have. And so, you know, the, the Backlog Book Club is really sort of about trying to get people to be, you know, responsible. Like we want to we encourage people to cultivate responsible habits. Like we were saying, you know, talking about with the kids, uh, you, you want to teach them how to enjoy this thing well, because... Uh, even going back to sort of like the cigarette smoke stuff, where like people who smoke cigarettes are really depriving themselves of a greater fulfillment um, because, uh, uh, you know, coming from somebody who was a two pack a day smoker for 12 years, 10, 12 years, and a guy who quit, you know, for about 10 years, um, my, the satisfaction that I have, you know, packing up a bowl with like a really good premium tobacco um, or, uh, you know, getting like a, a nice cigar and getting like that perfect, that, that, that good cut, the good, you know, mm-hmm. and just that, that nice burn. And just like, those are premium experiences. And what we want to encourage people to do is sort of do the same thing with video games and say like, look for, like, try to maximize, you know, the, the, 
the, the efficiency here. Like this can be a, like we can sort of go and we can play everything and we can sort of like burn ourselves out and actually sort of enslave ourselves to a lesser experience. Or if you do this thing right, it can be good. It can be refreshing and it can be, it can be more than just mere consumerism. So that's, that's sort of what we try to, to push. Well, and, and, you know, you mentioned, and I understand like the desire to, you know, that online games can really kind of pull you in, but, yeah, you know, I've I've also found that with, especially with the move, um, the community that can kind of come out of you know playing games with one another is is really really crucial because mm-hmm. you know so just to kind of you know share a bit so we um, when you know back back when I was in, in Jackson Pottery we had a we had a physical location we had a studio that was based downtown and I sold the studio uh, as part of the move. And I mean, it made the most sense at this point. All of our editors are remote. Um, in fact, actually, most of our team that had started in Jackson had all moved away from Jackson, but they were still working on their projects. They were just working remotely. And so many days I would go to the studio by myself and it was quite depressing, honestly, because, mm. you know, we had, a, we had a good team, but, but nobody was there and it can feel very, very lonely. And so um, with the move, you know, with, with selling the studio and, and the move to Houston and kind of the decision not to you know, set up a, an established site site. Now we still do, you know, remote recordings and we've got the studio equipment and kind of do a pop-up anywhere as needed. Um, but it's kind of, it kind of took that, that sense of, uh, you know, uh, being disconnected from people to a whole nother level. Cause now it's like, yeah. all right, well now it's operating out of, out of the house and you know, the kids are at school, my wife's at work and it's just, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm connecting with people over Slack, and so we've got constant Slack conversations that are going on, and you know, constant emails and and you know, Zoom chats with clients and all that kind of great stuff. But you know, that sense of camaraderie and community that comes from the moments when you're not doing work, right? Like when you're just, yeah. you know, having a cup of coffee and you're kind of you know connecting with folks. I was really really missed. But one of the consistent things that came through that was my crew in Sea of Thieves, because you know those yeah. guys and and gal that I play with on that, uh, you know, for our particular team. Um, you know, we were still, you know, trying to, to get together at least once, once a night or once or rather, uh, once one night a week and, uh, and, and play together. And, you know, you're involved in people's lives, you know, about people's kids and, and you know what they're going through and what they're struggling through. And, you know, we've got, um, it's actually, you know, it didn't happen, uh, intentionally, but, you know, fortunately us being reformed through God's providence, we can recognize that, uh, you know, a lot yeah. of, a lot of my crew is actually uh, Christian, not all of them, but a lot of my crew are actually Christian. One of them is actually a minister. He's a minister by day and a pirate by night. Think about that. (laughs) I mean, the only way that could get better in my opinion is if like, instead of pirates, you guys were just like the original pirates and you were Vikings, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you know, my, my character name is Jorvik, which is uh, what the Viking, when the Vikings sacked the city of York, uh, they renamed it the kingdom of Jorvik. And so that's actually where that, uh, that name comes from. I appreciate that on on a level um, that most people wouldn't. Uh, My, my last name is McKeever, and it's actually sort of a, a weird variant of Mac Ivar, um, which oh, interesting, means yeah. son of Ivar. So it, the 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 clan history or whatever is basically the Vikings came in and they sacked um, some of Northern Ireland and Scotland, and they would interbreed with the clans, and so their sons would you know take on this surname. So the son of Ivar, um, you know. I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I like Vikings. So now my uh, my and my wife's family is uh, has got the old the uh, the, the the Norwegian uh, uh, ties as well. So 
Uh, we're actually we're actually heading out that way a little bit later on this year to try to try to learn get 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 her a little connected to the roots. So that'll be interesting. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, I, I think it's very cool that you mentioned sort of like the the bond that you formed with uh, your your Sea of Thieves crew. Um, I actually. I do play some online games, so it's not like I, but I, I try to avoid them for the most part, but I have a very sort of limited context. Uh, one of my best friends, he and I were roommates for a few years. He was in my wedding uh, and my brother and I, we, we, you know, we try to get together and play games uh, online. So right now we're actually playing through the division two, which, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's like shoot bad guys and take their stuff, um, which, you know is a very satisfying game loop. But that time isn't really even about the game. That time is about just sort of catching up. It's sort of actually recapturing that moment of like, or those moments of just like sitting on the couch, being bums together and sort of just, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, filling in each other on, on, on the day to day on, um, you know, just life in general. Yeah. And, uh, like those, well, you, I gotta get man. I gotta give a strong plug here for this because honestly, like one of the great things about Sea of Thieves is that a large part of the game is you're traveling on the seas, and so you know you're not necessarily like you know yeah you're you know you're hunting down other ships and you're trying to steal their their loot and all that kind of great stuff. But large a large part of it's like you know managing your sails, just kind of getting from one place to the other, and literally you got nothing else to do during that time except for just like talk. So it's not mm. even you know yes you still got the goal oriented aspect of you know the you know, uh, on the couch, you know, trying to take out the covenant, whatever it may be, whatever, you know, that version is, but now you actually are also get like the whole, like, you know, so there's, there's down, it sounds like a weird thing, but there's downtime during that game. And that downtime is actually very rewarding for being able to connect with the people that are there. And so mm. anyway, I just, I know that like sea of thieves, it's interesting because people either love it or they hate it. And I'm just, I'm an advocate for this, this game, dude. So I got, no, I well, Hey, it, I mean, like, if I had an Xbox, I'd probably be all over it. Um, just because, I, you know, I'm into the weird stuff. Um, like, one of my favorite games is actually, it's an old PlayStation 2 game. They remastered it for the PlayStation 4, uh, but it's called Shadow of the Colossus. And mm -hmm. one of the things I love most about that game is just, like, the isolation. Um, that And just, you know, when you, you're... Now, I've played it probably a half dozen times at least, so there's no real like new sort of discovery for me in a lot of ways, but I just love like, sometimes it's just nice to go in there and just sort of, and now, and I can sort of see that being shifted over where it's like, well, actually, uh, uh, a buddy of mine, he's a, he's a listener to, to, uh, the, the breakdown and he actually, he's, he's one of, he's sort of like the inner circle. He's, we call them brochachos. Um, but Micah and, uh, like one time he hopped on and we just talked for probably half hour, 45 minutes while I just kind of like putzed around and he loves shadow of the Colossus too. So he and I were just sort of like talking as I'm like, you know, just walking around this wasteland. Um, and that was just, yeah, the, it's, it's an interesting forum just in general, um, for, for people to connect. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, see, see a thieves like man, like there's something to it that like every once in a while, and like I've looked at screens, you know, like I've watched videos of it and stuff, and I'm like, eh. but I, you know, I, I think my wife might kill me if I bought another console. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, uh, they they what they they just announced earlier today, right? They put out information about the new uh, X series, the the next Xbox and everything. So. You know, mm. the, the, the next console war is coming, man. The, 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 there will be another chance for another decision. 
Well, uh, you know, at this point in time, I'm, I'm probably going to be an early PlayStation 5 adopter unless something comes out that I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Right on. Um, just, I mean, with the backwards compatibility, I'm already pretty established into the the PS, the PlayStation uh, ecosphere sort of thing. I definitely, I mean, I, I in the, the PS3 and the uh, Xbox 360 era, I actually preferred the 360. I was a diehard 360 guy for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I, I think that was one of the most outstanding consoles of, of uh, it was sort of a game changer. Uh, unfortunately... You know, it was like one of those things where with the Xbox One, I think they got a little bit like that's where I jumped off Um, because I was like I had owned I owned like a PS2 and and a GameCube. You know, it's sort of like when I got out and I made my own money, I was like, I'm going to buy everything. Um, Right. So I and and, you know, so, yeah, uh, but this last one uh, with the 360, there were just like when I got married, there were a few things that. I was like, well, I don't like having to have Xbox Live to watch Netflix. And so we got a PS3. Right. And then I started, and I, I wasn't playing a ton then, but uh, yeah, I still played a good bit. But then I, I got into some of the the exclusives. And th- I just think, you know, Sony, as far as crafting like the single player uh, campaign stuff, like you mentioned God of War and Spider-Man. Uh, God of War is probably one of my favorite. It, it, well, it actually made my personal top 10. Yeah, that that game. I mean, I've I've watched the documentaries on it. I think I've mm-hmm. seen entire playthroughs on it. I mean, it's it's a fantastic game. And just in terms of just an achievement from a narrative storytelling and kind of just character development and also just character redemption and and mm-hmm. like there's there is so much to be thought and unpacked from what they did there uh, narratively. Not not to mention the technical achievement of the way that it, the whole thing is like this huge major one continuous shot and you know, beautiful and everything else. But uh, anyway, I, I can't wait to play it. <laughs> I, I will, I'm I will sure strongly <laughs> urge you to, to make that time. Uh, you know, I think, I, I, don't I think right now your... I'm trying to force myself to get, to finish Spider-Man. But like I'm, I'm doing mm. the PlayStation stuff, like, you know, through like, let me get all the way through one and then I'll do the other one and then I'll get all the way through that. But that is God of War will be my thing after, after Spider-Man. Oh, but, well, Spider-Man's phenomenal though, Bo. It's, it's such a, like, how do, like you say you you've been playing it a little bit one of my favorite things is just to like swing through the city just oh yeah yeah i mean caption the spider-man 2 uh when that video game came out the the, the mm-hmm. spider-man the movie 2 oh, like yep. it's amazing how much that's like grown and improved and and really does kind of pull you in but hey man Nate, you know one of the things uh you know in terms of kind of uh, earlier earlier question about uh, finding balance, you know, as I mentioned, one of the ways I find balance is making sure I have time for just me and my wife to connect at the end of every day. And so I hate to start, you know, kind of, <laughs> I hate to cut us off here, but uh, I may need to, may need to bounce here in the, in the next minute or so. Okay. Well, real quick before you go, um, I'd like to offer a bit of a challenge. One, okay. just, I would like you to pair tobaccos with a video game. Oh, come uh, on. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know. Man, I know that's, this is... that's JD's bag, but <gasps> I thought that would be fun. Um, so you mentioned that you played the original Mario Brothers. Pair tobacco with the OG Mario Brothers. Okay. Um, gosh. Something burly. Something like burly heavy. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of a good blend that I would really choose there. But the reason I say that is because burly is basically like, 
it's it's you know full of nicotine and if we think of like early mario brothers just full of nostalgia and like the Mm. only real benefit here is just like you know just that nostalgia kick so something with a bunch of burly you're going to get that that nicotine kick but beyond that uh it's just you know you can kind of build off of it and so almost everything has burly in it and so almost everything can track its origin back to uh, those mario brothers so there boom how about that Okay, well, I got, I've got two more, and right, then me, I want you me. to plug whatever you need to, and then I'll let you go. Um, so, Halo. Halo. Uh, probably. Ooh. Ooh, that's, that's a good one, man. Um, probably Rivendell from The Country Squire. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying that just cause my buddy makes it, but like, it's, it's a really, really solid pipe tobacco that is incredibly like, I don't know anybody, whether you're an aromatic or an English smoker who doesn't just absolutely love that pipe tobacco. And so I think well, it's got that. Is, it's going that on my must find <laughs> list. Yeah. I think, I think it's still available. Um, I think it's still available. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I yeah, the, uh, that I would I would say Rivendell from the Country Squire. Okay. Um, now got the last one, and since y- it's okay, I want you to to dig up the most swashbucklingest tobacco you can possibly imagine. What would you smoke <laughs> while you're playing Sea of Thieves? Okay, so this is this is going to be tied on this one because I had a feeling that that you were going to throw that one in, just given the fact that I've been plugging that <laughs> that game so much. <laughs> so it's one of two. Um, one is treasure Island, uh, from also from the country squire. That one is a rum saturated pipe tobacco that is very, very Mm. rum. And so generally speaking when, uh, and it's, it's a delicious smoke. Um, and so generally whenever I'm, uh, (laughs) it's a terrible pipe tobacco to actually fish with, but yet it tends to be the one I always go to whenever (laughs) I go fishing, just cause I really like smoking it by the, by the water, be it beach or otherwise. Um, so there's that one. That's probably the one I should say. But because uh, Sea of Thieves is also just the, such a, a great premium experience, I'm also going to say that Frogmorton Cellar would be the one that I would choose because Frogmorton Cellar gives you that, mm. that sense if you're, you know, hunkering down, maybe you're down below deck and, uh, you know, you're, you're counting the, uh, the, the, the prize that you got going through all the, the loot, uh, the, the various cloths and spices and everything that you took from your last prize ship and you're puffing on your pipe um, while there's some... Uh, fish roasting up on the on the skillet right back behind you that good frogmorton cellar that gives you that kind of down home feel and of uh, of hearth and home even at sea that's 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 what i would go there well and frogmorton cellar is a bit of a treasure and it's it's they're kind of exactly. buried these days so exactly um i actually it's funny because my my first crew uh the first crew that i sailed with was a bunch of country square radio listeners and uh and it was it, I, I still sail with those guys but there's there's a um how do I say this? I, it, it's it's fun sailing with those guys, but there's there's a skill gap here. I, you know, at, at some uh, point, like I, I got it really kind of serious into it, and those guys, <laughs> like we all have fun, but like I needed to kind of up my up my game a little bit. <laughs> so hey, I, I get it, I get it. It's like but it's in like those early days, your buddies or you're playing yeah. with the masters. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And so like, in, but in those days, we would we would always use code language um, and we would use like Perique or Frogmorton mm. or, you know, for different things in the game. So we could, 
communicate with one another about where our treasure was without giving away where it actually was. But uh, no, man, Frogmorton's, yeah, all, all the way, all the way, but also Treasure sure. Island, but, but Frogmorton for sure. <laughs> well, um, I know you got to get going here, but is there anything that you think uh, our listeners would really just sort of appreciate or, or should check out uh, just that you've been into besides the Sea of Thieves? Uh, yeah, game wise. Um, so like I said, I know that this game has been out forever, but like really the, the Minecraft with the kids has been just a great experience, a great bonding experience, especially with my oldest. Uh, my youngest is just now getting into it as well. Um, but that's been really fun. I've gotten so many like dad points by, by figuring out how hey. to do things in that game. So that's, uh, that's a plus. Um, I've been really digging Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield actually from that standpoint as well. Again, right on. big nostalgia. Um, I, you know, I never, I never played the original Pokemon games, but I, I or, uh, legally I never played them, but I did have the ROMs and, uh, and really enjoyed them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I think, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield's a lot of fun. Um, again, playing that with the kiddos, uh, we already talked about Spider-Man and yeah, I know, I know you said not to plug it again, but I'm sorry, man. No, it's, is a, do it, do it. I it's mean, Hey, game. it's your jam. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put it out there, man. Um, Absolutely. Well, I also mentioned a couple projects as well for, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Um, Folks, check out, of course, Country Squire Radio we've mentioned. Um, I also mm-hmm. mentioned the Witness Foundation that we've been working on. Uh, and you can find out more about that at thewitnessfoundation.co. Uh, and then also, man, uh, another podcast that I think your listeners might enjoy um, if they if they watch any of the DC TV shows on, on the CW. Uh, we do a show called Flash TV Talk, where it's an after show for the CW's Flash. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot of fun on there. If you like, if you like talking time travel, if you like talking kind of, uh, you know, diving into the the comic book connections and then also just really having fun geeking out about a, uh, a show that is at times serious at times silly but but all all the time fun so uh, be sure to check that out again that's flash tv talk yeah hey if you want to shoot me the links for those i'll make sure that they get posted in our show notes yeah absolutely um and you know where can people i mean obviously you're on twitter you're on facebook uh you know what's the best if somebody is just wants to sort of connect with you what is the best way to do that yeah, Twitter is always like like <laughs> the funny thing is like I, I I respond to Twitter more than I do text message. So Twitter is going to be the best way to get in touch with me. Um, uh, so yeah, so at the real Bo York, uh, my name is spelled kind of weird. It's B E A U. So at the real Bo York on Twitter uh, is the best way to get me there. I don't really do Facebook. I don't really do Instagram. I've got those, but I don't really do them. So <laughs> just Twitter. Right. That's going to be the best bet. Um, you can learn more about Potisteri as well at Potisteri.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send you those links as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, hey, I don't want to keep you any longer, but thanks so much for hopping on the mics and, and chewing it up. Uh, and seriously, if you're ever interested in playing this again, when you get around to playing God of War, if you want to like, you know, come on and tell me how right I was about it, you know, I'd love to hear it. So <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> this hot take, like the, you're, you're the one, you're the one guy out there, Nate. Everybody else is saying God of War. Like, no, Nate. Nate's holding it down. He thinks there might be something about this game. (laughs) I just need validation here, man. Uh, No, um, man. Absolutely, yes. Uh, When when I hopefully eventually get there, and I will eventually get there, uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you know for sure. No, but yeah, thanks again so much for uh, hopping on, Bo, and uh, you know, don't want to take up any more of your time. So thanks again, man, and uh, you know, it's just been a pleasure. So hey, likewise, Nate. Uh, Thanks so much.
Man, that was a great conversation. Like, I had some high hopes for that, but that was even better than I expected. But he is quite a sharp dude. I really liked his, his insight on video games and also on tobaccos. That was so and, cool. And recording podcasts. And, and recording podcasts. Yeah, because he records all the, all the podcasts. Things, the, the other that he does. Uh, yeah. Insightful gentleman. And, and how to like balance all those different things. Yeah. No, that, that, was, that was super cool. I really enjoyed it. I, 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 can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, they're going to call the bluff because I have a terrible poker voice. Oh, Not okay. a poker face, mind you. Um, this <laughs> is a voice. face that can sink ships. But... Um, I have a terrible poker voice, Josh. Yeah. We're just, we're recording our, our outro. I have no idea yeah. what Bo said. We have no idea. We, he ha- he hasn't even said it yet. He hasn't even so, said it yet. So sorry. he might say something really, he might say something really obscene that we can't even mm-hmm. put on here. That's true. And then In we'll which just case have to, it- it'll be like five minutes long. We'll be like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we recorded a really interesting thing, but then he was just really crass. Maybe I overdubbed it and I just did a voice the entire time and Nate was actually just talking to me. In which case, then all of that still applies that I really enjoyed the conversation and it was awesome and he was a smart guy. I'm sure that he will tell you nothing obscene or crass. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're just clowns. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just a clown. It's true. But uh, Sending in the clowns. But if you have any thoughts on what Bo shared with us, you can always... (laughs) We'd encourage reaching out to him directly. Uh, We've got some links in the description. You know, you can can contact him and check out, you know, all the different stuff that he does. Um, But if you want to reach out to us for any, you know, any insightful uh, conversation, there's tons of ways you can do that on Twitter. Our handle is at BBDownCast. We've got the hashtag Backlog Book Club on Facebook that you can, you know, just join us there and talk about all the things. We have got a Discord server that you can join. Just ping us and we'll uh, get you a link to that. Or you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. And then you can reach out, you know, personally if you want to. I go by Broccolope on just about everything. That's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by. you do. I go by Nate underscore McKeever uh, on just about everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, hey, I did want to, uh, a buddy of mine, John McKelvey, recently joined mm-hmm. the book club. So I just want to nice. give him a shout out. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, did, did we plug the patron? patron no, we've not done that yet. Okay. Well, hey, uh, you know, the obligatory plug, there give us money. Um, <laughs> no, hey, if you guys like what we do, and you want to throw us a couple of bucks? We we do have a Patreon, uh, and you know, just think of it as a tip jar or whatever. We we appreciate it. If not, do the whole sub rate review thing. Tell your friends, uh, yes. you know, and and interact with us. Yeah, you know, for real. We'd love to hear back from you. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you think we should talk about. Tell us what you think we should not talk about. Because sometimes we talk about things way too much. Mm-hmm. That so happens. that happens. That, because we're really good at being bad at brevity. Mm-hmm. That's true. You can even, you ask our patrons. We do episodes that are exclusive to the Patreon, which are not necessarily video game related. Of course, we talk about video games just because we enjoy them. But you might get a little bit of background information on some of the stuff that we talk about on the episode proper or, or some extended thoughts on video games. So we just talk. We just keep talking. 
we talk a lot. Uh, so you're getting the 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 uh, the edited cut version here. Um, but if you're interested, super if you like cuts. hearing our voices even more, yeah, super cuts. I like it. Maybe that should be the name of our other mm. podcast. Isn't a supercut like a thing though, where like they take all like a like bad laughter and then they supercut all the bad laughter from like a certain actor or something together? Oh, I didn't know that, but that that sounds like it would be the the proper I, term. I, I was just thinking of the haircut place, the cheap haircut place that you go to. Oh, there's that too. But I don't well, do that anymore because I just shaved my head. So well, I there's that of haircuts. I need to get one. I'm getting Uh-oh. a little shaggy up top. Nice. But we have done the plugs. We have asked people it's to true. contact us, Josh. Uh, so now we have done everything that we came out to do. We have vinied, we have vetted, we have vichied. Is that mm. vini vetted vici? Is that yes. That came I saw I conquered. Um, we mm. have vinied, vetted, and vichied, and now they are to well do their things. And what exactly are those, Josh? You keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. <laughs>